Hi guys, we are now on episode 10. Yep, winging it to the top. Winging it to the top with Laura and Laura. And we're here today with our first guest, the lovely Sarah Willingham, who is probably most well known for her on Dragon's Den, as well as being an amazing female entrepreneur. So we're all, all about females here, aren't we? we? Are. So um, we've, we're joined by Sarah today and we just wanted to ask a few questions about her journey um, and some of her winging it to the top moments as well. Definitely. So we know, Sarah, obviously we've spoken to you before and you've given us some great business advice and tips and things. So, you know, that's been fab for us. And we know that a lot of our listeners are small business owners or are looking to start a business and also mums as well. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to start with like your early years. And we when we were like looking into what you've done, um, it said that you started working at a restaurant around the age of 13. So we wondered if that's where your love and passion came, hospitality, food, things like that. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about how you even got started into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I was kind of born for definitely sort of. Hi, by the way. Hello. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me on. And I'm sorry I was a little bit late, um, having got locked out of my own house. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, I think I was, I really feel that I was kind of born for the hospitality industry because I love people. I love food and I also get bored really quickly. And the great thing with hospitality, right, is that it's instant gratification. You can you put a drink in front of somebody or a meal in front of somebody, you know, right then and there if that's worked or not, if it's good. You, sure? It's like yeah. instant feedback. You don't wait for a customer service team to come through, you know, weeks and weeks later when you've hassled them for feedback. Right. You can really, if you're good at your job, you can see it right there and then uh, as to whether or not it's worked or not, which is great. And I love that. So when I was 13, um, I was working in a cafe in the local market. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. I used to get free cake at the end of the oh. shift. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. sticky buns. It was like I used to go back to my mum with this big tray of sticky buns at the end of every Saturday shift. And it was really good. And one of the other things that was also brilliant as a, as a teenager and growing up is I kind of always had a pound in my pocket because yes. even if you were waiting for your wages to come in, you always had your tips. So, you know, that was back in the day where you get paid like a pound an hour, basically. But you'd always yeah. get just a little bit here and a little bit there from the market stall owners that would come in. And they'd leave me like 20p, 50p, a pound, whatever. And by the end of the day, I'd got enough to go out you yeah. know, that night. Yeah. It was obviously quite a long time ago. So it was not quite <laughs> expensive as it is now. It but, yeah. um, I always loved it. And then um my real passion for food is I just found this love of cooking and and eating and um you know I'm lucky I'm blessed with a gifted with a really good palate so like I taste lots of things in in depth um and that means that you also taste really bad stuff right yeah, like you yeah. actually really taste it when it's not good so uh that I guess was was part of it but and my dad and my mom always used to be really into gardening and used to grow their own tomatoes even though we lived in like suburban stoke basically yeah. but always used to be really into it so I was kind of brought up with you know a mom that cooked from scratch yeah um with home knowing what a tomato should taste like and should smell like and yeah. then being in hospitality I was just really lucky that I ended up finding early on this this path that mm um that I've just loved so much but really where I guess the big kind of 
the interesting part of it for me was that then I was always fascinated in business and I hadn't mixed the two. I yes. just thought like so many other people do that hospitality is this, this transient job that you do when you're on holiday or when you are traveling or when you're a student or if you go to yeah. uni or whatever it's just this transient industry I'd never for a second considered it as a I guess career um so it was it was in that love of business that I just assumed I was going to go and do what everybody else was doing from my university course which was like going to management consultancy or go work in the city yeah. and it was only through the work placements that I did at uni that I was like hang on there's a business model inside this industry that I love and that's when I went on to Planet Hollywood and Pizza Express and I really learned the business model of, wow. of hospitality and that's what really got me going because I was like I didn't want to have my own restaurant no what I wanted to do was business because I love it but also to be able to mix it with this thing that I love, hospitality, the service, the passion, the food, the people, everything was uh, was just such a gift. Yeah, it's amazing. And you sort of touched upon like managing the international like, expansion of like Pizza Express and um, other restaurants. So was that your first job when you come out of uni or did you try a few different things before and then go into that? So actually what happened was... Um, so while I was at uni, I did my university degree was two years in France and two years, two years in the UK. And I always wanted to live abroad. But what I didn't want to do was if you did like business and French at uni, the French bit was just learning French. And like you'd have to do French literature and stuff. That's so not my bag. Like yeah. I struggle with Shakespeare, <laughs> never mind the Molière or the equivalent in French. You know, it's just yeah. not for me. And what I wanted to do was learn business, but in French. Yeah. And there was this amazing course that I went on at Oxford Brooks where I got two, the second and third year was spent abroad. And I was on a university degree with lots of French degree course with lots of French people yeah. learning international business. It just happened to be in French. So it was right. brilliant. It was perfect That's course good. for me. It was great. Yeah. So then I was doing lots of, um, I did lots of work placements during that time so I was a runner on the Paris Stock Exchange I went and did like an internship uh, at Martel Cognac I did some I worked for some till system business just outside of Paris I worked wow. for AXA insurance so I did lots of different mm, uh, wow. work placements but whilst I was living in Paris in the second year um, I lived really close to a bar called the Frog and Roast Beef and they, at the time, they'd only got one. They've got like 15 now. They've done really, really well. It was set up by two guys who'd done an MBA at INSEAD. And I just worked on a Sunday afternoon. And the reason I did it, it wasn't great pay or anything. But actually, the reason why I did it was because they used to have this system where they pulled all of their tips. And yeah. if you then, as an employee, went out any night of the week, no matter how long you were there for, all your drinks were free. So I was like, wow. brilliant. So, I've yeah. totally got this, right? I would do a busy Sunday afternoon when the rugby's on and because I could pull pints quickly and, you know, make gin and tonics and stuff. Um, yeah. So I was really good behind the bar when it was really busy. It didn't get flustered. So I was like, right, I'll do a couple of, I'll do a really busy shift every week, but happy days. I was yeah. only earning minimum wage. I can go out drinking whenever I want. And actually, yeah. I got on really, really well with the people I worked with. So it was like instant free social life brilliant yes. so what happened then was I was then 
to go back the following year to do my final year at Oxford Brooks. And whilst I was working on the Paris Stock Exchange and still doing this other job, Planet Hollywood were trying to open on the Champs-Élysées. And that was their first site, actually, in continental Europe. Mm. And the architects and the sort of consultants that were working on it yeah. were the same people that had worked on the frog and roast beef. Oh, they okay. were having an absolute nightmare with the Americans and the French. Like, <laughs> so these big, like, VPs would come in uh, on, on the red eye and land on the Champs-Élysées, saunter in, and the French would be sat there, like, with their tables out, eating their yeah. pâté and baguettes for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Not what building, but taking two hours off for lunch, very French, yeah. four day week, that whole thing. And the French, the Americans were going crazy about it. So the architects were having a nightmare. So they went to the founders of the Frog and Roast Beef and said to them, please help us, we need three months to get this site open and we need somebody that's done this before can you please come and help us uh, and that speaks fluent French and to this day thank you so much I'm so forever forever grateful they said well we're really busy because we're going to open another site but there's this girl that does an afternoon shift on a Sunday and I think you should speak to her and that's what I did so then I left the job as a runner on the uh, Paris Stock Exchange yeah. on the commodities market and then I went to go and work at Planet Hollywood and basically I was like sort of coordinating doing a bit of translating but I was sort of the bridge very much between yeah the work on the site and the Americans that came in and actually the day we opened um, the vice president who was like the big big boss stood there and he put his arm around me and he said Sarah I know you have not translated a single thing that I have asked you to translate. Over. <laughs> and I was like, if I'd have translated, God knows that you said that would have happened. We would not be open. And he's yeah. like, oh, I know that. And thank you very much. You know, so it was it was a really good moment. But they then offered me, that's how I got into it. So they yeah. then said, please come and work for us in our head office. Yeah, and yeah. I then looked after international franchises, um, and then, you know, then the rest is history, I guess. But it was that mo it was that 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 got me into ah, okay, there's a business model. Like, yeah, and, and that and that's what you probably liked as well. Loved it. it. I loved yeah. it. That was and my thing, actually. Totally. Yeah, just coming around that opportunity, and you being like, well, I'm going to grab this. I'm going to go for it. Like, kind of probably not knowing what was coming from it, really, or or how it was going to plan out. You know, no, but I knew what I knew instinctively was that this was my industry. So I was supposed yeah. to go. I mean, I'd got a job set up. I, God, no. I mean, I, I would have lasted five minutes, I think. I'd got a job set up with SBC Warburg doing equity sales in the city because in oh. those days, it's not dissimilar now. It's much cooler to be an entrepreneur now. It wasn't yeah. so cool then. But yeah. Um, and then it was all about going to work in the city and that's how you got so you weren't loads yeah. of money that was like the drive really so yeah. I just sort of followed everybody else thinking well that's the way to do it and go I mean anyway thank goodness I didn't end up doing that but and I I said to them I'm not going to go and do that and then, then I went straight into um straight into Planet Hollywood in Europe and the like with the head office in Europe and absolutely loved it loved it amazing that's such a great story yeah, that to is. just even hear you tell us that that how that all started and then just you know 
by the chance that you got offered this role and it, it's just amazing so it'll come to life from like the very beginning of being a young girl and then yeah. that happening it's just and, and the path to get there yeah it's brilliant. but I tell you what I think's really interesting is you just never know do you you no, never so really true. know like who who you're talking to who you've served in a bar yeah. you you never know like I didn't even know the founders knew who I was yeah yeah you know there's, yeah. there was loads of staff yeah you know and it's you know and I look back and think blimey that's like it's such a significant moment for me definitely um you just don't know you don't know and no. that's why you know I believe in whatever you do like either don't do it or do it to the best of your ability that's it that's, that's absolutely my take home really from that story yes of course it was lucky but I must have been good do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, and what it, you were doing. Well, you stood out yeah, for them it. to recommend you in the first place. And that's something yeah. we always say, actually, is like you just never know who's watching you either. Like you said, in that no. capacity, like you don't know who's watching you to be like, actually, I've been watching their journey for a while. And actually, yeah. I would like to do something with them or I'd like to offer them this. But and you just don't know unless you're that's in it, it and you're doing it well, like you said, and committing and giving 100%. Exactly. Then, you know, you just don't know what opportunities and also, are. Also, it's time, isn't it? Like you can do something for years and years and just keep going at it, going at it, and it can happen at any time. So yeah. I think sometimes, totally. it's, time, is it? it's just doing what you enjoy and doing it to the best that you can. And then I think so. You never know what comes from it later yeah. on, or you know, who sees you, or who might just think that it's a, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a good part. Yeah, exactly. Um, and from that fairer then, so obviously you then bought after that Bombay Bicycle Club. So yeah. we're really intrigued by this yeah. one because one, what made you then want to buy that? What 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 attracted you to buying um buying yeah. that business? And yeah. so what stage was it at when you bought it and you know, still being relatively young, was yeah. still actually really yeah. quite young? What made you have the the guts to be like that is a gonna... big decision to make at a yeah. like young age as well and to know that if you're confident about it yeah sure so there's a couple of things that were really pivotal in that so firstly i so i then left planet hollywood and um i it was quite obvious that that business model was going to change and i could i was thinking there's going to be redundancies on the you know it's yeah. i knew that that was not there was there was not a huge future in that in that brand even though i was really young at the time um and i remember going out and i got the ft one day uh thinking i was so clever <laughs> the internet, got this big newspaper opening it folding all opening all the pages and and in there there was two businesses that really struck me and i cut um bits out of the ft and one was Pizza Express and it was the story that Hugh Osmond and Luke Johnson had just floated, mm -hmm. effectively floated. They floated there, they did a reverse takeover into a into a floated business on uh, the stock market of Pizza Express. Yeah. There was that and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then there was something about Pret-a-Manger as well. Julian Metcalf had just set up this business, etc. And they were both in hospitality. And I loved the international side of it at the time. You know, my dad wouldn't let me take a gap year. I was getting to travel. I was, I loved it. Really, really enjoyed it. And I loved that every single time I went into a new country, I had to think differently. I had to behave yeah. differently. I had to mould the way that I got things done to suit the culture or the people that I was with. And I loved the challenge of that. It was great. So I cut these out and I thought, both of those businesses have got legs to go. This is this is a long answer to your Bombay Bicycle Club question. No, it's good. It's relevant. <laughs> so I was like, both of these businesses here have got legs to to go abroad. I thought, 
So I phoned Pizza Express, phoned Pret-a-Manger, long story short, Pret-a-Manger were like, what are you talking about? Who the hell are you? And Pizza Express said, well, actually, why don't you come in and have a chat? And then fast forward, I ended up running their international development. And fast forward again, a little bit further, I realised that it was clearly not core business. We were a floated company at the time. And there was lots of talk of possibly a management buyout. And I was like, this isn't going to work. I'm starting to close down international restaurants. This isn't, this is not, this is, this is not for me. And it, and in, in addition to that, I was slowly realizing as I got sort of towards the end of my, I think mean, it's about 26 at this point. Yeah. I'm thinking, I can't continue to live like this, 26, 27, actually. I can't continue to live that as if I want to have kids and a big family. Like, I can't be in three countries in one week. I have to change something, basically. And I went to the board of Pizza Express and said, look, clearly international is not core business. Um, I'm going to leave and go and get another job. And they were like, no, 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 don't leave. Come and stay and work for us and do what you call special projects, which is basically, as my dad always said, it's first job to get made redundant. But anyway, special projects. <laughs> it is a um, bit of that job role where it's a bit like, what does that even mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're quite good. We'll keep you. Yeah. What to do with you? But it was yeah. things like putting the pizzas into the supermarkets, that type of thing. It was that. Yeah. It was that. It was stuff, right? Yeah. But the important bit, which now I'm getting towards the answer of your question, is that I shared an office during the course of a year with the chief executive and the managing director of Pizza Express and me. And I was really young and I must have annoyed them so much, but I (laughs) asked everything. And I wanted to know all about the business model, why they were floated, how they created shareholder value, why they chose the sites that they chose, why they spent the money that they spent on the site. So it was all about the business model, trying to understand the core like the return on investment model, basically, yeah. how they explained to me that, you know, they they would fight for um, investors money. And, you know, you, an investor's got a pound. Where is he going to put it? And learned about P ratios. And I mean, the whole thing. I asked everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, by the end of it, I was like. I really get what you do. Like, I actually understand yeah. what you have done here at Pizza Express and how you are creating value. So I started to think, well, if we if we followed this business model through, what if we did it to something else? Yeah. I thought, what's the most popular food in the UK? Mm. Indian food. Yeah. Why don't we do Indian food? Now, I'm not a creator. And in I think it's really important in business to understand which bit you're good at. Like if you put me in a room with four white walls or you give me a blank sheet of paper I will just stare at it nothing will come but if you give me a piece of paper with a few bullet points on it I can write your business plan yeah or if you start a room I can walk in and go oh god no 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 no. what it needs to look like is bang 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 yeah I can't but I can't start from nothing I just nothing comes at all I'm terrible at it so I thought well based on the way that they've created Pizza Express and it's, crea- it's creating shareholder value, why would I not buy something that is already, raise the money and buy something that somebody's already done the first bit? Yeah. And then what I do is put an underlying business model structure, a foundation underneath it, and then roll it out. Because that's what I'd learned to do at Pizza Express. That's what I knew yeah. I was going to be really good at. Yeah. So I thought, 
I went to the board at Pizza Express and said, look, I've got this great idea. Why don't we do to Indian food what you've done to what we've done to pizzas? Yeah. And again, I was met with what you're talking about, Sarah, you're barking mad. <laughs> we, do, we do pizzas. So I was like, oh, OK. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to go do it myself. Yeah, love it. Because I... I got it. Like I had spent all that time draining yes. the information out of these people that I just had on such a pedestal thinking, you're so, so smart. You're so smart. Who the hell am I? Sarah the Small from Stoke. Haven't got a clue. And then I was like, actually, you're not that smart. I actually really get what you do. You're just normal yeah, people that understand a model, right? That's it that's what so that's what made me go and do um and do the Bombay Bicycle Club and that's actually what I ended up doing I ended up raising the money buying them rolling them out to 17 um and then three years later selling selling them back actually for a very similar reason as why I'd done it in the first place which was this drive to sort of control my time and my diary yeah. thinking you know Christ if I want to have kids I can't yeah. possibly be in three countries governed by somebody else um, every single day or every week. So I was, I've completely lost my train of thought then. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't want to be driven by, I, I, the same reason that made me start it in the first place, which was yeah. this drive for independence, holding the steering wheel of yeah. my own, you know, driving my own car, basically, of my life, being in control, it was the same thing that in the end drove me to sell it when so, yeah. I actually had my second baby and I was like 1,500 staff and lots and lots of children yeah. in quick succession is not going to work. No, so that was, you know, it, that's kind of the very short version of a long, you know, with, with decade, right? That, that, it's after, after. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of things there that you said, like even asking all the questions, I feel like that really resonates with us because yes. I feel like, well, you know, from what we've been like the past couple of years, but <laughs> we do, we, we speak to people and we ask so much. We're always so intrigued to find out about how, how people are doing things or how they've done it or how that's worked for them. And then look at how we implement things in our business, just taking on that. And then you can actually, we think we could do that, but better. Because you learn try. so much, yeah. don't you? Yeah. You pick it up and it's great to see other people that have been there, done that. Um, and, and, and carrying on from that as well, actually, how did you find that first bit of raising, of going yes. into it? Did you have a lot of struggles? Did you have, because one thing we've found, and even with other small business owners, is they say, oh, all I hear is the end result. But I, I'd never hear about the, the times, yeah, when it was oh. really or I nearly gave up or was yeah. you a clear yeah. yeah transition yeah so actually before I answer that question directly just to comment on something that you just said then about um you know the fact that you two ask lots of questions I actually think as women we're really good at it I think yeah, we're yeah. good at asking questions yes. of each other and I think that's it's a really important thing that we never lose yeah. Um, because I think whether we're talking about our relationships, our health, our businesses, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. We're talkers, right? And I think we share. And the amount of times I'll speak to somebody and think, no, but I know exactly who you should be speaking to because I happen to have a random conversation with them a few weeks ago where they said X, Y, and Z. And, you know, yeah. and I think... I think as women, we've we we're we're very very good at that. But sorry, I digress slightly. Totally agree. <laughs> totally no, agree. Raising money is a nightmare. 
no matter I mean as <laughs> yes. you know we've had we, this conversation with your business it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really difficult and on many occasions I will say to, I will advise people to do everything they possibly can to not raise money in the early days um it's difficult now as it happened um I managed to I ha I can't even remember how I ended up on this board but I happened to be sat on a board at the time um for a really small nutraceutical business that's like vitamins and yeah. minerals and stuff uh supplements basically and this board was the who's who in in business it, there was like there was a lord on it there was um the xfd of morrison right <laughs> you know one the mr pr london i mean it was crazy that it, much older than me but crazy group of people yeah. and i met them and i mean i spoke to them but i mean i spoke to so many people like i just did what anybody would do is who do I know who do I know that might know who do I know that might know someone that knows someone that knows someone I mean you literally found so many meetings it's really yeah. it's not easy yeah. um and again you've got to be smart with those meetings you've got to make sure if there's a real chance you know if you really think that that this could be the one make yeah. sure you're prepped for that one you know don't yeah. waste meetings on making yeah. something exploratory although to be fair good people will always find good things within whatever it is that you're saying um and i ended up getting backing from them first of all actually what really happened uh was the people that i'd pitched to at pizza express ended up starting their own business floating it on the stock market they ended up leaving pizza express the ceo and the fd starting their own business floating on the stock market and they ended up bidding against me for the Bombay Basketball Club. Oh, oh my god. I, know, right? <laughs> I ended up doing the deal with them and ended up doing a completely different business with all of the people from this nutraceutical business. We ended up floating or I end, end up copying copying their business model actually and doing a float on aim with the other investors. So everybody was really happy. Uh but you know just when I think I'm right at the end of a path and the deal's done I still got the phone call at the 11th hour, 59th minute going, sorry, you've been outbid. And I'm like, what? Oh my God, no. It's just not possible because <laughs> I, I'm the only person talking to you, surely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't. I wasn't. Oh. You know, it was, I mean, so stressful. Like one of the, the toughest, toughest negotiations, actually, I've ever gone through, but I've never forgotten it. Never yeah, forgotten yeah. it. And it taught me a lot about how some people negotiate yeah. um and the importance of walking away and meaning it yeah. really yeah. really important yeah. the importance of you know you get to a point where you are compromising your own integrity yes yeah that's the point at which you have to go i might have put a year into this um yeah. and this might be all i want to do but you have to have the self-belief to say, I'm going to find another way of getting to where I want to get to because yeah. this is crossing a line with me. And you yeah. have to walk away, not because it's a negotiation tactic, but because you really, really mean it in your soul. Yeah. And I've only done that two or three times, but every single time it's been an amazing decision. Yeah. Because if, if it goes against your values... 
as a person yeah then it's like you're just selling your soul kind of thing and then you're and like it, that never leaves you nobody wants to do a deal where they've sold their soul right it's got yeah. to be a win-win yes of course it's going to be a compromise it's got to be a compromise on both parts but yeah. if you feel like you've sold your soul you're, no. you, you're never going to achieve in the business plan that you you set out no. to achieve and that's really important to remember Definitely. yeah I, 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 I was going to ask for the same thing but I was going to say obviously you mentioned about starting a family and yeah something you know a lot of people ask us who are business owners well small business owners and we talk about is being mums and running yeah. a business the and the juggle is real like <laughs> yeah. you know, one minute we've, we've said this before we've been to investment meetings then we get home and we've got a poo explosion that we're dealing with you know it's exactly like, you go from being like this you know you think oh i'm high flying i'm doing this and doing that you get home and it's straight back down to <laughs> right back down yeah to so we kind of wanted to ask you about that how you found that juggling being a mom you know running businesses and, and everything else that you do in between how have you found that on this journey so it's by a mile the hardest thing that yeah. I that to deal with I think I think it it is I don't think there's an easy answer it is it's the biggest compromise on every front yeah and to juggle it is really 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 difficult yeah um and I think I I'd love to speak to somebody who says it 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 isn't uh, yes yeah. I, I what are they doing that we haven't worked out yet but <laughs> I've definitely learnt, I mean, my kids are a bit older now, but I've definitely over the years, and I did learn over the years, that there are certain ways to make it better. Mm. And one of the things I learned really early on was not to mix the two. Now, I've also heard, read interviews, heard podcasts of people who say the only way to do it is to mix the two. For me personally, it didn't work. I felt that if I was trying to do an email or be on the phone whilst looking after my kids... Yeah there was always a compromise. I was a, I was either, a, well, I, I'd be bad at both, actually. I'd yeah, be bad yeah. at both. Never really achieve it either. So I I found that I either was had to be a mom at that mm. moment or I was Sarah Willingham working at that moment. Yeah. And as soon as the kids could, you know, speak a word and understand anything, I always talked to them about that. Like yeah. from the, from day one, they have understood why I work. You know, mm, yeah. I really enjoy it. It's part of my identity, uh, which matters to me, but also to earn money, to pay for yeah. this and everything. Yeah. You know, so always been really, really, really straight with them. And likewise, I've always been really straight with work. So I've yeah. always said, I can't at this time because of X, Y, and Z. I've never tried to, I've stopped I stopped quite quickly, no matter how important, to mm. try and shoehorn things in. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, that. Just, right. it, it just didn't work for me at all. I, the only way I I found that I could make it work was if I was absolutely true to what I needed at that time and what I yeah. was doing at that time. <laughs> and I'm quite lucky that I'm a big feeler, so. I would feel off balance quite quickly. Like I would go, you know, I, I feel like I've compromised being a mom or I've been too much of a mom, you know, this last 10 days, like I actually need a bit of a break or I, I'd feel it quite quickly. And I would 
regularly recalibrate and I think that's also something that I I have learned and and today even today whether it's about being a mom or being a wife or being a friend or whatever I'm very I think I'm good at it and it's because I'm very honest with myself and when I feel myself going too far down one path mm. quickly I don't carry on down that path yeah. I stop and I force a stop and I force a recalibration. And I think, you know, look, ultimately, I think the trend line goes down, right? The yeah. world takes and yeah. you're going to feel out of balance. And that's just Northern Europe, unfortunately. It's where we live. It's the culture we're in. Yeah. It's hard. It goes against the grain. It's hard yeah. work. Yeah. But um, there are ways of regularly recalibrating. And there are things that I've found for me that I will not compromise like I exercise six days a week it's essential to me to exercise I need solitude at times so it's essential to me to walk yeah. I love working so I carve out the times when I can work and I love to be a mom and I love to cook you know yeah. so I need to be in my kitchen I can combine those two where I'm kind of feeding my family and I've made yeah, this yeah. I can spend all afternoon cooking at the weekend and everybody's sat around the table and that's been like that since they were really really little so it's really normal so yeah. it, I think Balance, there isn't a one size fits all there really isn't yeah. you've yeah. just got to do what is right for you Definitely. I think that's great advice. And I think every family they, is so different. And, you know, when your children gets to different ages and all of that, it's, exactly. it changes again, doesn't it? And funny you saying that about being honest. I've got a five-year-old and I'm very honest, you know, when I can't yeah. sometimes pick her up, this is why. But obviously I'm working for this and to go, yeah. you know, to all, or do all yeah. these things. So I think that's definitely spot on. And um, I'm just mindful, we've only got a little bit of time Sorry, left. So. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> so get, get the good, good questions. Got two more questions. <laughs> two more <laughs> Well, one of the ones we wanted to ask you is obviously everyone wants to know this one. So yeah. a lot of people know that you've been coming on today. So they wanted us to ask you, is there anything about Dragon's Den? Any like little secrets that you can share? What is it actually like filming on Dragon's like? Den? We are big <laughs> Dragon Den fans anyway. So, so um, I tell you the one thing that really surprised me that I just, I mean, naively bumbled into and just didn't think anything of it was that the, the competition between the dragons is really real. Yeah, I, I, you can actually feel it sometimes, even when you watch it, feel the tension. Yeah, I had not clocked that right. So, to begin with, I, you know, somebody would come into the the den, and this was also series one is very different than series two because series one nobody knows who you are. So they literally yes. there was me, Nick, and Tuka that were all new, and so basically everybody just came in with like Deborah and Peter written on the forehead. Like we, yeah. you know, you didn't, it was hard. <laughs> Second series was different because everybody knew who we were then, so we kind of got the right businesses you know yeah. we got the ones that we should get but I remember in series one and people would come in and I'd be like oh this is so good pick me pick me I'd be brilliant <laughs> at this like you know pick me and get really really overexcited uh and then re like kind of look down the line and go oh I'm definitely the only person who's shown their hand so far <laughs> you don't realize that as it goes on you're like yeah. ah okay I've got this so by the yeah. second series like for example um, when Craft Gin Club, which is one of my investments, when Craft Gin Club uh, came in, which was which was brilliant, yeah, yeah. I was like, right, don't be calm, <laughs> word, Sarah, shut up, speak last, 
let everybody else dig their hole let this go wrong for them point out where they've gone wrong like I was really really strategic about it that and that pitch lasted nearly three hours and you wow. see like six oh minutes on, on. You don't think that, do you? Yeah. Actually, it's not something. That, so, is, are they all quite long like that? Then, are they all? So it does depend. I would say anybody that gets five dragons fighting, yeah, that it's unusual. That's under two hours. Wow, really unusual. Oh, that's a good bit of insight there. And How then you, you would oh, see a distilled version of like maybe six minutes six seven minutes yeah but then some of them uh, I don't think you'd get anything much shorter than about 40 minutes because every dragon has to speak yeah so the the show's not produced at all like we have absolutely no idea whatsoever of of who's coming through the door and what they're going to be talking about none whatsoever nothing so it's very legit like how the reaction to it and the questions um so some of them you maybe get probably 40 minutes if mm-hmm. and they would end up in a little montage like oh and today somebody blew the dragon's head off and they've got yeah. us trying three different chili sauces you know that yeah. type of thing and, you yeah, get yeah, yeah. and the other thing that i thought it was a wonderful example of and you don't really see this in in the edit anywhere near as much as the reality of being there is the beauty of a clever team yeah so what I would find is I would sit there and I'd ask all of my questions because I'm looking at it from a particular angle. And then, you know, Nick Jenkins would say something and I think, God, that's such a great question. I never thought to ask that. And then you learn, you know, the way that he'd asked a question, I would then learn something from an angle I'd never, a perspective I'd never considered. And it was, it was in its most beautiful form, really, this yeah. example of kind of a perfect team because yeah. five people all really smart all really good at what they do all after the same end game right yeah. like trying to unpick a business and understand a business but all from completely different angles yeah. and that was fascinating and that was great like I you know you find gear six right like yeah. it's yeah. a lot and loved that perspective I would come out of some of those pictures going God, that was brilliant because yeah. I, more than anything, I was fascinated to see what yeah. these four really smart people were saying. We're going to pray. It's really take. inspiring. Yeah. Well. Like to be around people like that, it's really inspiring. Oh, I mean, it's amazing. You see how they've got a completely different take on it to you. Oh, and you're like, wow, I would never have thought of that. But that's really like, you know, made me exactly. think about, yeah, exactly. So, oh, I mean, it's without a doubt the best piece of advice I've ever been given in my life was in my 20s. And a guy that I still work with, he's actually chair of Nightcap now. Um, and a guy that I still work with, he said to me, Sarah, if I can give you one piece of advice for your entire career, it is surround yourself with brilliant people. Yeah. And at the time I thought, yeah, well, that's not the smartest thing. I mean, obviously, like, <laughs> great massive insight thanks uh but oh my god he was so right so spot on it's the single most important thing yeah and we found we we have found that and we will say that all the time like we really you know to make that effort to be around people that inspire us that we look up to to totally agree and the last thing to close this off (laughs) on our podcast bringing it to the top we always end on a winging it to the top moment so it could be anything could be the last week could be through your business career, career. Yeah. what has been a winging it moment where you think wow I've done that and I've just winged it how have I done it 
Oh, I mean, it's my whole life. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. I, I mean, every single story I've just told you, pretty much, from even how I managed to get onto my university course was I was completely winging it. I totally messed up my A levels. It was a phone call, a chat. I managed to get in. Please, I won't let you down. And you know, that to get to the phone call from the FT pizza express you know absolutely winging it the whole time and I used to phone up my mom every single time and say I think this I think they're going to find me out now this is is the one this is the one where they're going to work out but she calls me totty because I was Uh really small when I was little she used to say but totty that's what you've told me that since you were really little and they haven't found you out yet so crack on And I think that's a really good note to end on because it's proof that you can wing it to the top. And that's what we're trying to do as well. I'll tell you one thing I have learned is everyone is. Yeah. Everyone is. Because the whole beauty of winging something, right, is that you are stepping outside of your comfort zone. So it feels like you're winging it. Actually, it turns out you're really smart and you can just you can have a go at anything but you feel like that feeling of I'm winging it is because it's outside of your comfort zone and the only way you can ever progress anything whether in life or business or anything is by changing something by doing something different you can't progress by doing the same things expecting something to change that's crazy so you have to make a change and in making a change and doing something differently, you are naturally stepping outside of your comfort zone. And by stepping outside of your comfort zone, you feel you feel outside of your comfort zone, but you feel like you're winging it. So your yeah. whole life, if you're always driving for change and progression, you will always feel like you're winging it. Exactly. So we, <laughs> so we all wing it to the top. <laughs> yeah I mean it's just good to hear that other people feel like yeah. that because sometimes you look at entrepreneurs you just think they're just like this virage you're like oh my god how do they have they done that you just you're so inspired by them you never see that it's good to know it's normal yeah, it's natural they've never felt how it. we feel but That's it's it. good to know that you know everyone's done a little bit of winging it in their time to get where they are totally and when you work out everybody else is feeling exactly the same way it becomes a superpower because you realize like yeah. it's all fine we've got this everybody's the same. Scary, isn't it? <laughs> exactly but um thank you so much oh my god it's a pleasure it's so good to see you both Oh, it's nice and I wish we had longer because we've got some oh, yeah, we chat to you forever. Maybe but, we'll save um, it for a later day. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can always come back on again another time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank so you have so a brilliant much. week. Both of you take care. It's great to Thank see your beautiful you. faces. Good luck with everything. Thank